are listening to New Life The Fort. We pray that this message encourages you and helps you stay Jesus-focused. Luke 5, verse 1. This is what it says. Luke 5, verse 1. So it's, so it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, verse 2, and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets, verse 3. Then he got to, into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And Jesus sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. Verse 4, when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Verse 5, but Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' feet, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Verse 9, For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. Well, let's open up in prayer. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you, Lord God, that you are here. I thank you, Jesus, that this word is all about you. I thank you that everything here points to you. And so, Father, I thank you that you see your people. We just declare right now, Lord God, for a spirit of rest to just come upon your people. I thank you that you are the Lord, their shepherd, and you make them to lie down in green pastures. You're the one who restores their soul. And so, Father, right now, I thank you for a restoration of their soul, of their mind, will, and emotions as they hear more of your love, as they hear more of your goodness, as they hear more of you, Jesus. Jesus, you alone will be exalted, we declare, and your people shall be blessed as Christ is revealed today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, I want to ask you, I want to ask you a question. How many of you have ever had a bad day? Not just a bad hair day, okay? But how many of you have had a bad day? How many of you have had a bad week? How many of you experience having a bad year? Anybody here have had a bad year? You, I, I guess you were not the, the best person to talk to during that year, right? I mean, you were all cranky and you were all uh, irritated because of things that might, probably might, might have been going on. Well, you know, I remember when I was in college, you know, I had this uh, bad day. And I remember this bad day, it really rocked my boat. You know, to the point that at the end of that day, I, was, I basically ended up shouting you know, at people, people who, who meant well. I was just really irritated. But you know, during college, I took up BS Biology. Okay? I, I didn't last, just to make it clear. I didn't pursue medicine. You know? uh, I realized uh, reading books like this overnight was not my stuff. The only book I read like that overnight is the Bible. No, I'm just kidding. Right. I'm just kidding. I'm just... All right, all right. Anyway, come on, right? So anyway, so, you know, but I, I, I was taking up biology, and um, there was this one week, there was, one, there was this one day where it was my finals day, okay? This was my finals day. 
And for an 8 a.m. class, I usually had to wake up at 5 a.m. during that time because it would take us two hours usually to get to school. Okay, a lot of construction back then. A lot of construction again now, actually. You know, and so I'm the type of person who likes to have lengthy breakfast. How many of you can relate? Right? I like to take my time eating food. I don't like being rushed. I don't like being told, uh, come on, Mon, faster, faster. Eh, relax, chill. I'm talking about breakfast, okay? Because really, breakfast is the most important, day of the, uh, important, most important meal of the day, right? Your mother would always tell you that. So listen, when, when she tells you that, I'm telling you, it bears fruit, right? Okay? So, so you know, really, I, I, like, I like eating breakfast, really taking my time, and then, you know, I la- you know what? Besides breakfast, I like taking my time under the shower, right? To make sure that you're all clean. And so anyway, so I usually uh, leave the house at 6 a.m. for my class, at, for my class at, which starts at 8 a.m. Now, this is the finals day. And I had an exam scheduled at 8. And I woke up at 7. Okay? I woke up at 7 a.m. So, of course, naturally what that meant is I had to skip breakfast. So, with any growing boy, okay, with any growing boy, if you skip breakfast, you're cranky. Right? You're irritated. Okay? Not only that, but since I was in a rush, I had to do a, a shik-shik shower. You know the shik-shik shower? Shik-shik. Yun lang. Right? I only had to do a, a, a quick shower. And then in my rush, you know, of course, you're, you get into the car and you're thinking, 8 a.m., 8 a.m., 8 a.m. is my, my exam. I got to rush. And so I get into my car. I zoom into the skyway. And when I reach the skyway, of course, you have to slow down because you're going to pay the toll. And then I realize I forgot my wallet. So, of course, you know, I'm right there in the toll gate. I roll down my window. The girl stares at me asking, and so I just say, and then she smiles back at me very politely, right? How nice the man, oh, they're so polite. Right? So she smiles back at me, and then I go like, and then finally she says, sir, your payment. And I say, well, I, I forgot my wallet. Sorry, me, sorry, sorry. Sir, huh? Bad, huh? You know? And so, you know, she just, but you know what? She just waves me, waves me off. Tells me, sorry, you pay me tomorrow. Okay? Which I did eventually. Okay? So anyway, so, so I, I move forward. But, you know, nakakahiya. I, by the time I get past the toll, I'm really stressed. I'm thinking about my exams that are going to happen, that are, are going to be taking place in a few minutes. How I many of you know, when you're in that environment, you're not, you're not actually thinking of your day. You're thinking of the moment. It's very irritating. You know, and then you come back to reality, which tells you, oh yeah, I got an exam coming up. Oh, shucks. You know, and so I'm thinking about that, and I forgot my wallet. I head down the Skyway, and there's a long line you know, of vehicles. And I turn, I'm supposed to turn left to Bendia. And uh, as, I, as I move forward towards the, the stoplight, I realize, oh gosh, it's a Wednesday today. And my plate number ends in five. I'm color-coded. And the reason why I was supposed to wake up at 5 a.m. was because I was supposed to ride with somebody else. Oh my gosh! And what did I forget? I forgot my wallet! Which contains my driver's license! And because I didn't know better, 
I was first year college, I'm thinking, I'm going to go to jail. I'm going to go to jail. And I'm thinking, oh no, oh no. And so I move forward to the, to, to the line. And as, as lights turn green, I make, make it a point. Come on, I got I to gotta, I gotta get past this, this stoplight. And right when I'm almost at the front, the light turns red. And so I'm at the very front of the line. And there's this guy in blue, you know, just twirling his, uh, what do you call that? That envelope with his ticketing, whatever you call that, with, with all of his tickets. He moves forward to the car, ever cool, you know, it's so cool, comes to my, to my window, gives me a tap. Sir, good morning. There's nothing good about the morning. You know, there's nothing good about this morning. All right. So anyway, so I roll down the window. Yes, sir. What can I do for you? Yeah. Sir, Wednesday today, you're color-coded. Ah, color-coded pa? Siyempre, kunyari, inosente, di ba? Kunyari, walang alam. Ah, color-coded pa? Ay, grabe, sir. Talaga, pasensya na. Wednesday nga pa lang. Pasensya na, I forgot. Eh. Sir, where are, you, where, are you, where are you headed ba? Sabi ko, ah, well, I'm going to Taft. I'm turning left here. I'm gonna go to Bendia. Well, sir, if you turn towards that uh, street, we'll have to catch you. You know, I have to take your license because that's Makati area. I no, no, no. I mean, I'm turning U-turn. Magi-U-turn lang ako, pabalik ako ng, ng South Superhighway. So you have to make an excuse, right? And so I turn. I make a U-turn going back towards Magallanes so that I don't get caught. And I'm rushing for my exam. So now I'm even more late. And so I turn around, there's more delays, more traffic. By the time I get to my exams, there's only 15 minutes left. Okay, so I sit down in my class. I'm all sweaty. I'm all stressed. So I try to take my, my exams. And uh, not really the best exams that, that, that I have ever done. Okay? And then after the exam, I realize another exam is coming up. And this time it involves what biology people call a cat bag. Okay? So we do a lot of dissections. You know, we dissect cats because that's what biology students do. And so I realized I forgot my cat bag. I forgot it at home. And so I have to call my parents, Dad, I forgot my cat bag. Can you send it to like two houses down? One of my classmates lived there. Can you just force her to take it? Yeah, I, I say her because, you know, she's a girl and she doesn't want to touch the dead cat. You know, she doesn't want to, yeah, yuck, patay na yung cat, yung baho, you know, all, all of that. And so my dad goes over to two houses down just to be able to give that cat bag. And then finally, after an hour and a half, she gets to school and she tells me, Mon, this cat bag, it stinks. Okay, you owe me. Ang baho nito, you owe me. Okay? So finally, she gives it to me. I finally, I, I, I'm able to take my second exam using that cat bag. And I realize, you know, such a long day, and it's only just 11 a.m. Not even half of the day yet. I'm all stressed. It's such a bad day. Have you ever had such a bad day like that, when nothing seems to be going right? What do you do? I don't know about you. For me, I eat. I eat a lot. You know? But I'm thinking, you know, this is probably what Peter was, fe- was feeling. You know, she, he, he comes back, just like from what we read in that verse, he comes back from a night of fishing. And Peter, his livelihood is him being a fisherman, which means that he fishes. And he comes back home. Now, for those of you who are doctors, of course, your main livelihood is you being a doctor, right? 
For carpenters, it's for building houses. The means by, from, by you be being paid is by your livelihood. And so Peter, you know, at the end of his day, he has nothing to show. He has nothing to show his partners. He has nothing to show his family. He has nothing to show his wife. He has nothing to show those people who are ready to buy fish from him. And so he comes back home and he's out there, you know, from the sea, hours upon hours, the wee hours of the morning. He comes back home. He's washing the nets together with, his, with, 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 with the other fishermen. And then along comes Jesus. And he tells Peter, Peter, I want to use your boat. How I many of you know Peter was not probably in his best mind? He's probably stressed. He's probably depressed. He's probably uh, down. But then, Peter, but then Jesus comes in and tells him, I want to use your boat, Peter. Not only that, what happens in the story, he uses his boat, launch out into the deep, and then he tells Peter, lay down your nets. Now the Bible says that they had just washed their net. Why is it important for a fisherman to wash their nets? Because the next day, there has to be fresh bait. Anything that was from the previous day would just scare off the fish. So they have to wash. They have to make sure that their nets were mended, walang butas, and to make sure that their nets were fresh. Okay? And so, you know what? At least it would take them two hours just to wash their nets. And so, here comes Jesus telling him, lay down your nets. Now you understand probably now why Peter said, okay, nevertheless, at your word, I will lay down the net. You know, he's probably thinking, at least the other nets are still clean. They're still washed. I don't have to go through all the trouble of washing all the nets. I'll just wash one net. Okay, fine. You know, I can give that to you, Jesus. Fine. One net. Basically, to make a long story short, what happens is, this net begins to pull in such a great catch that he begins to call on the other boat. Hey, I need you because this, this catch, it's too big. So he begins to call them and then after they rake in such a great catch, Peter realizes, oh my gosh, I think I'm in the presence of greatness. Who's this man who tells me, Lay down my nets on that side. And yet I've been working all night, toiling all night, and yet I caught nada, nothing. And then there's this man who comes and fills all my nets. Wait a minute. Who is this guy? He begins now to see. He begins now to see something supernatural just happened. To the point that the Bible says, Lord, you know what? Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. He begins to realize that he's in the presence of pure holiness. He begins to see now that he's in the presence of greatness. Because of this great catch, because of what was given to him, Peter realizes, wow, this, my friends, is Lord, my Lord. He begins to now say, Lord, you know what? Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. But you know what? You know what Jesus tells him? You know what? Peter... This catch that you got right now, this is nothing compared to what you will catch. He begins to tell him, Peter, from now on, you will now become fisher, a fisher of men. Jesus now begins to tell Peter, you know what, Peter, there's more to you than what you think. 
The same way that today God wants to tell you there's more to you than what you think. You see, this word came to Peter at the end of a day when he was down, depressed, distressed, disappointed, and hurt. It came at a point wherein his toiling of all night amounted to nothing. It came to a point wherein he came back from fishing all night. He probably got a word from his neighbors or probably from his family. Dad, where's the food? You know how much that hurts for a, for a man and for a father who provides? I believe, I believe all of you men can, can relate to that. You know, to be said, you know, to be, to be spoken of you, you're, you're a lousy provider. You know, that, that hurts for a man. And this is what Peter is, you know, he's going through this. He comes back empty-handed. Come on, Peter, where's your food for your family? I thought you were a provider. Come on. But then, you know, again, Jesus comes into the picture and so what am I saying? I'm saying this is, this is the context. This is what happened to Peter. You know, he's depressed. He's distressed. He, you know, he just came from being a failure. He experiences how it is to be disappointed at the end of this day. But then Jesus still sees much. Jesus still sees the greatness that is inside Peter. He still sees in spite of his failures. He still sees, you know what? You may have failed today, but I'll just give you a taste of what's in store for you. I'll give you a taste of what you will walk in. How many of you here, God has given a taste of what you will walk in? Now, you know what? I'll ask a better question. How many of you here want a taste of what God wants you to walk in? You know, I believe that God gives us glimpses because when He gives us the big picture, the whole picture, I believe some, sometimes it will just scare us off. And so He will give you a glimpse. He will give you a taste. That's why the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Because whatever is in front of you right now, His goodness is still greater. His goodness is still bigger. See, God has only great plans. I see only because He is a great God. He only has great plans for you. You know why? Because as we will see later, His love is great. His love is passionate. His love is intense. There is nothing normal about the way that God loves you. There is nothing passive. There is nothing average about the way that God loves you. You see, when He loves you, He is all out. He doesn't hold back. Now, I say that in the present tense because in the same way that God gave Jesus, He is still giving out today. And because He is the same yesterday, today, and forever, what He's giving out today is still full, filled with His love. Yes, we look back to the cross because on the cross, God gave His best, Jesus Christ. But how many of you know that heaven's riches, God's riches, God's greatness, God's plans, and God's grace and mercy for us, you know what? It will never come to a point that heaven is emptied out because we keep on receiving. And so I want to encourage you today, whatever it is that you see for your life, whatever it is that God has given you a glimpse of, today take it. Receive it. Because heaven will never run out. Never think that God has to bless you at the expense of another man. In fact, God blesses you at the expense of Jesus. And that alone is sufficient. As if you see how greatly Jesus suffered on the cross, if you see how greatly Jesus took upon sin, took upon emptiness, took upon poverty, 
took upon the effects and the consequences of sin. You know what that, you know what that will cause you to do? It will cause you to just take as much as you can because Jesus suffered for it. You see, today, for you to take from God, for you to take as much as you can from God is humility. You see, a lot of people say, I'm already way off my notes anyway, but, you know, you see, for today, a lot of people says, you know, I, I don't think I can take from God because uh, hindi yata dapat kasi He's so holy and I am just me. Uh, for me to say that I can take as much as I want from God, I think that's, that's so prideful of me. I'm so yabang naman. But how many of you know that's an insult to the work of Christ on the cross. For you to say that you don't want to receive from God because you're saying you shouldn't and you couldn't is a slap on the face of Jesus. He gave of Himself. He gave His best. And so today, we just come to a place of taking and receiving freely from Him. Why? Because He gave His life. So what do we take from Him? We take His life. We receive His life. We receive everything that Jesus came to give us. And that includes what He sees for you. And I believe that, I believe right now, you know, as, as I'm speaking, I believe that God is just downloading specific visions to some of you here. There are visions of business. There are visions of, of finances. There are, there, are, there are visions of additional income streams that even right now God is confirming to you. There have long been, the word is right now in my heart, there have, there have long been delayed businesses that should have been started years in the making already, but it still is in the back burner because a lot of us have put it off. And so if you are here right now, and I don't know what your reason for putting that off may be, I want to encourage you today, God has made provisions. God has great provisions for you. He sees greatness in what you will do. I want to encourage you, you know, you know, I, I have a two-year-old at home. I have a two-year-old son at home. And this boy, he loves swimming. You know, the first time he got a taste of swimming, we couldn't keep him off the water. And so, you know, but you know how it is. You still have to guard them, right? You still have to make sure that they're with an adult. Because any two-year-old, you know, if they see their dad in the water, if they see their father right there in the water, they will not hesitate to jump. They will not hesitate to jump into the water even though they don't know how to swim. They, they will not even think about it. You know, the only thing that will escape their mouth is, Dada! Dada! And then they'll jump. No fear. A child of that age has no fear. No fear of drowning. No fear of death. No fear of an accident happening because he knows that his dad is in the water ready to catch him. See, perfect love casts out all fear. When you realize how perfectly loved you are, you can step out. When you know what, you know those desires, you know those plans and pursuits and even ambitions that God has written on your heart and yet you've held out for so long because you feel you cannot do it, I want to encourage you, step out. Dive. Dive into it. You know why? Because your dad is there anyway 
ready to catch you. Perfect love casts out all fear because fear involves torment. You see, for a lot of us, we hold out for so long and now it's causing torment in our heads because we think that we're delaying. But you know what will eradicate that torment? Perfect love. When you realize you are perfectly loved by your dad, you're like that two-year-old boy who's just saying, you know what, basically by jumping into the pool, he's basically saying my life is in your hands. You come to the point where you realize for me to live is Christ. So I want to encourage you today, your business to live is Christ. Your promotion in your work to live is Christ. For, you, for, for that healing, wholeness, for your family, restoration, broken relationships, for that to live is Christ. So I want to encourage you today, step out. Just believe God for the ridiculous. Just begin to see God do great things in you, with you, through you, and for you. So whatever that is, I pray that God stirs it up to the point that you don't get to sleep at night. I mean that well. All right. But he gives to his beloved sleep. Bawiin ko na lang. All right? Okay. All right. Well, go, going back to this story, Jesus begins to tell Peter, Peter, you are still a fisher of men. I see a fisher of men in you. And though right now we're just staring at fish, this is but a picture of things to come. This is but a picture of the great things that you will do. You see, God has not called us to live average lives. You see, your God, He's a God of passion. He's a God of pursuit. He's a God of much more. When you see how passionate He is about you, the only thing that will escape your mouth is, Wow! Wow, Lord! That's how much you're passionate about me? Wow, Lord! That's how much you love me? Wow, Lord! That's how, how greatly you see me? I can't believe that you greatly believe in me the way that you do. I'm such a failure. I'm such a messed up dude in the natural. But God begins to wash you with His words. God begins to wash you with His love. I want to encourage you today in the same way. Let Him wash you. Let Him begin to just whisper His love songs to you. Why? Because you are called to greatness. You are called to be above and not beneath. The lender and not the borrower. You are called you know when 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 god calls he makes sure that you are equipped see if he calls you he will equip you your god is not a god of half purpose or half baked he's not a god who brings you out of egypt to leave you in the wilderness he's a god of okay i'll take you out of egypt and then i'm gonna bring into the promised land he's a god of manifestations he's a god of purpose he is a god of pursuit and he who began a good work in you, he is faithful. Faithful to what? Faithful to complete, to perfect, to mature that which he started in you. See, a lot of times for us, we don't see the greatness within because we think that in order for God to see greatness in me, we, we think we have to be perfect. But you see, the Bible is replete. It is covered with people who are not perfect. And yet if I ask you right now, shout out a name of a great person in the Bible. Shout out any name. You'd probably say, David. 
Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Peter, Paul, all of these guys. And you'd be probably telling me, yeah, you know what? David, he was an adulterer and a murderer. Abraham and Isaac, both, you know, they're father and sons. You know why? They both lied about their wives. Okay? Jacob, he deceived his brother. He stole from his brother. Let's talk about Peter, this dude we're talking about. He denied Jesus not once, not twice, but thrice. And then there's Paul, Saul, who was just on a killing spree, who was just murdering the church left and right. You see, but in the midst of everything they were going through, God gives them a word. God begins to relate to their hearts and begins to tell them, you know what? There's greatness in you. Paul, for you from Saul, you will now be Paul. Peter, I will make you fishers. I will make you a fisher of men. Abraham, you'll be a father of many nations. Man, whatever you're going through, whatever you've gone through, don't let that hinder you from hearing and receiving from God the greatness that He sees in you. Because your past, it is not a disqualification. Your sin, it is not a disqualification. Whatever you think is your disqualification, really, God's grace catches it, turns it around, and makes it come beautiful for you. So I don't know what, I don't know what God is just downloading into your hearts right now, but make room. Why don't you nudge your neighbor and say, make room. You know, when you begin to see your imperfections, really our impact, are our imperfections, our opportunities for God to just show up in our lives. Because really, you know, if, if, we were, if we're able to live life perfectly, we would have no need for grace. We would have no need for God to just come in and just do a work in us. If we can do everything perfectly in and of ourselves, then all glory belongs to us. But if you want to give God all the glory... Let Him do all the work. And so I want to encourage you today. What are you expecting from God? What are you believing in God for? Let Him do all the work. And what work are you supposed to do? Well, to believe, to receive, just to take from Him what He has declared His promises are yes and amen. And so what? You know what? I believe in that, Lord. The Bible says we labor into rest. What does that mean? That means that you do everything you can. Mind, will, and emotions. You do whatever you can so that you can come to a place of resting. You know why? Because when you rest, it is a place for you to receive. See, just like a child, you know, it's sometimes it's so hard to feed a child dinner or, or lunch, right? Because and then you have to, you know, sometimes you have, this is what you have to do with a child, right? Okay, time to eat. Oh, look, there's an airplane. There's an airplane. Open up, open up. Why? Because he feels rested. It's playtime for him. So he can receive. And so I want to encourage you today. What is it? Again, I don't know why I keep on asking this. I believe, I believe that there's so much that God wants to tap 
in this auditorium today. I mean, there's so much that God wants to draw out of you. I will ask this question again and again and again today. But again, you know. So again, you have to hear God speak. Just begin to hear. Listen about the greatness because greatness starts from knowing the great one who greatly loves you. Just begin to hear and listen. You know, that's why I believe at the start of this year, Pastor Giselle, he declared a word for this church. And the word for this year, our theme is? Our theme is Jesus focused. And he declared it to be that this year is going to be a year of exaltation. What does that mean? That means that God will parade you. God will show you off. There's going to be greatness on the inside of you that will manifest on the outside. That when people ask you, you will only do one thing. That is to point people to Him. You will point people to Christ. And so just in case you forgot, let me read this verse in Hebrews 12, verse 1 to 2. And this is what it says. Therefore also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race set before us. Who for the joy, sorry. Looking unto Jesus, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. And he has now sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. How many of you know that that throne is a place of reigning? It is a place of sitting down. He reigns by resting. All right? Ephesians 2 verse 4 to 7 in the Amplified. But God, so rich is He in His mercy because of... I need you to understand this, okay? To get this, don't miss this. Because of and in order to satisfy the great and wonderful and intense... Love with which He loved us. He's saying that there's something that needs to be satisfied. This verse is saying, this intense love, it's craving for something. It's like He cannot sleep until He does this thing. That's why, you know, for you to get the most out of your Bible, you got to read it in context. Okay? Because if you just take the text, you'll be left with a con. You'll be conned. You'll be tricked into believing something wrong. Right? So you've got to read it in context. And it says here, there's such an intense, a great, and wonderful love that needs to be satisfied. What is it looking for? Well, you can see it in verse 5. Even when we were dead, slain by our own shortcomings and trespasses, He made us alive together in fellowship and in union with Christ. He gave us the very life of Christ Himself. The same new life with which He quickened Him for. It is by grace that you are saved and made partakers of Christ's salvation. And He raised us up together with Him and made us sit down together, giving us joint seating with Him in the heavenly sphere by virtue of our being in Christ Jesus. What's it saying? It's saying that the life that you now live, it is a result of this intense, passionate, crazy love. It is a result. That's why, you know, His love, it reserves nothing. 
it always gives out. You know, that's why the Bible says, for God so loved. He didn't just say, for God loved the world. That would have been enough because the love there is the agape kind of love. It's the love that has no restrictions, no conditions, no apprehensions, no reservations. That's the kind of love. And yet God said, for God so loved. It's a love. You know, in Tagalog, gigil. Have you ever seen somebody so gigil with someone so crazy? Do you remember the first time that you courted someone? Do you remember the, the time that you courted your spouse, if you're here with your spouse? There's so many times, so many moments, sinabihan ka, bawal. Don't do that. Don't do that. Or, you know, remember that time when you were in high school and then you had that eye on that pretty girl and instead of going to class, you actually cut class just to do something for her? You know, when, when you are crazy in love with someone, rules go out the window. You would do anything for her. How much more your Father in heaven? How much more this intense and crazy love? You know where that crazy love brought us? It brought us to a place of reigning. It brought us to a place of the throne of heaven where we are seated with Christ, where there is in that place where Jesus is, and as he is, so are we, right? And in that place of reigning, there's no stress, only rest. I want to encourage you today, only rest. I understand that, the li- that life throws a lot at us, but that is the time wherein you stop and you just begin to be conscious of His love. You begin to see, you know, you just remind yourself. Let your soul be satisfied in His love. Remind yourself again and again. You know, that's why even for us, even for our family, you know, when we talk about this word, especially what Pastor Josel declared over this church talking about a year of exaltation. You know, when we heard that, we also received that for ourselves. You know, 2014, 2013, for, for my family, it, we were really hit hard. Like, you know, really hard to the point that I believe this is the time where we hit rock bottom. You know? In the span of a few months, you know, we incurred debt. And I say this because we're free of debt right now, Okay. And so I'm not saying, uh, I know I'm, I'm not soliciting or anything. Please don't, okay? But this is all to boast of God, to boast of Him. You know, in a span of a few months, we incurred a six-figure debt, okay? In a span of a few months. And our business incurred a seven-figure debt just in a span of a few months. How quick, really, things turned around. We were caught off guard, and so our personal life, our personal finances, they were affected. We did a lot of things that we can. But really, when you're, when you're drowning and you don't know how to swim and you don't know what to do next, there's only one thing that you can do, and that is to cry for help. We were at that place where, Lord, you know, we've tried everything. And, you know, when we heard that word from Pastor Giselle, you know, you know what, babe? You know, we were talking about it start of this year. Regardless of how 2013 and 2014 had been, this is going to be a year of exaltation. I believe that God, you know, we believe that God will lift us up out of debt, out of lack, into a place of abundance with relationships, out of striving and into resting. 
I believe there are some of you who are here who are in that place and you, you're still waiting. But you know what? As the prophet of this house has spoken, as Pastor Joselle and Pastor Malina has spoken, the Bible says, as you believe in his prophets, so shall you live. And so if you're in that place of waiting, you know what? I continue to encourage you. Just hold on that word. See, when God speaks through his man in the house, it will not fail. For his word, it will accomplish what it has been set out to do. So to whoever that is for, just take it, grab it, and seal it in your heart. You know, for us, you know, in a span of a few months, really God just turned things around. We are debt-free today. Our company is debt-free. Our family is debt-free. And we're in a place wherein we're just, God has just brought us to a place where we can now bless people more. And that has been really our hearts ever since. So the same we declare upon each one of you. Amen? And so I want to call up my wife. I believe she has more to share for you. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. You know what Pastor Mon has been sharing today to each one of you is really that we are called for greatness. And it's because greatness, He lives on the inside of us. It is not about our doing. It's more of really who we belong to and who we become because of Him. And you know, you might be asking, um, things are getting stale right now in your, in your family, in your finances, in your business, in ministry, whatever it is. We want to encourage you. You know, your situation today, it's temporary. Yeah. When we went through that, you know, the testimony that Pastor Ramon was sharing earlier, really, it's the longest time in our lives. When you're going through something difficult, it might seem like it's taking forever. But the truth is, God will always bring you to the other side. That's the truth. Just like how God sent His only begotten Son so that today we have hope for a brighter tomorrow, for a better future. That's what He wants us to have, you and I. You know, I remember a story in the Bible. It's about Moses. And you know the great Moses, right? He parted the Red Sea. He was called to save the Israelites. And, um, but, you know, before that, before he came to that point, you know, the era where he came from, you don't want to have a family at that time. Because before he came, really the Pharaoh wanted all the boys, if you're a, a Hebrew woman, okay, this is history, I'm, I'm sharing a bit to you. If you're a Hebrew woman, you give birth to a boy. The Pharaoh wants that boy to be killed. If it's a daughter, it's okay. She can live. It's coming from the story or the reason that the Pharaoh had become afraid of Israel because they had gotten stronger. And he was scared that they might be, you know, they might overthrow his rule, his reign at that time. So you know what? In that situation, I don't want to have a family, right? It's hard. If you're a mother, you don't want to get pregnant at that time. You don't want a baby boy because that baby boy might just be taken away from you. This is the story. But you know, um, I don't have to flash it so that because uh, we have no time. But this is what happened. When Moses was born, okay, his family, his mother, had made a basket, right? I just made a basket, but really it was made out of uh, bulrushes, asphalt, you know, and some weeds. It's, it's enough to put a baby inside to protect it and let it float on water. This is what the mother did when she saw 
she had given birth to a beautiful baby boy, but that baby boy will just be killed, right? So she, she hid him in a basket, and after three months, she put him out on the river with a sister to protect that basket with the baby inside. You know what the, what the funny thing about the story is that you see God's protection upon Moses even before Moses knew what God had called him to do. You see, the Pharaoh's daughter was the one who saw that basket. And when she saw the baby, she said, she had compassion on the baby, the Bible says. You can read it up in Exodus 2. Okay? She had compassion on the baby. And she wanted to take care of the baby. But then the sister said, do you want me to get a nurse for you to take care of this baby? And so the Pharaoh's daughter said, okay, please get me a, a nurse for this baby. And the, the, daughter, the, the sister of Moses called Moses' mom to take care of him. And the Pharaoh said, okay, the Pharaoh's daughter said, okay, I will pay you so you can take care of this baby. Take care of this baby for me. You see, the odds of living in that era at that time was impossible. But then God saw really greatness inside of Moses. That several years after, he was going to take Israel out of Egypt's hand and free them. And for that purpose, God called him and protected him even when he was a baby. So for you and I today, whatever it is that you're going through, that you think is hindering you from crossing that river and seeing the great things that, has, that life has for you. You know what? Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible for you because God's hand is upon you and I today. And it's because of Jesus Christ. You know, this is something that I also want to share with you. When Moses grew up, that greatness on the inside of him was really connected to a purpose and a call. And that purpose and a call really is to save God's people. You see, the purpose that God has for you, the call that God has for you, it will always be connected to people. It will always be about people. You know what? You just think about it even right now. You know, going back to that story, he was placed in a basket you know what God reminded me about that? Just going back to that, okay? That basket was man-made, right? It was man-made. But the name of Moses really meant drawn out. And so I speak this over you today, church, that you will be drawn out of your situations and taken into, really, your destiny to fulfill that destiny that God has for you. No man can stop you from doing that. You see that basket? I see it as a comfort zone. And so I ask you today, what is your comfort zone right now? What is your comfort zone that's hindering you to step out and see really the greatness that God has placed inside of you? I encourage you, step out. It could be your work. God is telling you to do something more or whatever to obey your boss to do something extra even if your boss doesn't deserve it i don't know whatever it is it could be here in church you're connected god is telling you step out it's one sunday a week 
It's 50 Sundays a year. But as you step out, you will experience the glory and the goodness of God. That could be your comfort zone right now. It could be relationships. You're too familiar with the people that you're around with. That you don't want to step out and see what, who are the other people that God wants you to connect with. It could be out of this country. I don't know. God is telling you to go out and see really the beauty that this life has for you. You see, the destiny and the call of Moses is not in that basket. It is out of that basket. The thing is, when God calls you, remember, He is always with you. He will always be with you. So when He calls you, do not fear. This is what Pastor Mon has been saying all morning. Do not fear. You just step out. The perfect love of God is upon you. He is in you. When He calls you, He will equip you. If you read further chapters in that story with Moses, he has a lot of excuses. Who will believe me? Who will I say sent me? They won't believe me. Look at my mouth, my speech. I'm not good in my speech. You see? But God does not look at your limitations. Instead, he has already prepared the things that he will equip you with so you can be thrusted forward. So you don't have to be scared. As he has sent Aaron to partner with Moses, if it takes another person to partner with you, you know what? God has already partnered you with that person. Just look around you. Who are the people blessing you? Bless them even more. Let them take part in your life. And see the plan, plan of God together in your life come to pass. So I just want to encourage you. There is no need for excuses really. To live this light of greatness because we're not called to an average life. We may fall, okay, because this is life. We live on earth. We will fall, right? But it doesn't matter. God will take us up. You see, and I will end with this and give it back to Mon, right? When we went through that, that journey, we were, we were so down, really. It was just God, really, of course, the closest people that we have, they knew, they knew about this, okay? We had told them where we are at. But really, the best part that I got from there, okay, was that God taught me to live a generous and a great life despite the lack. That even, even in the land of famine, even in the land of lack, where you think you can no longer give because you're in debt, you just give. Because your giving and your generosity and the way you live is not dependent on your bank account. It may be negative, but it is not dependent on that. Our living is never dependent on what we have. It is dependent on whose we are and who we have on the inside. And I say, you know what? The riches of Christ, you can never exhaust the riches of Christ. And so you live based on that. You live based on the riches of Christ. Heaven has given us the best that there is, and that is Jesus. So today, you can ask for anything else, believe for anything else, and step out to bless other people. We are connected, you and I. We are a body. We are connected to each other. We're here to demonstrate really the greatness and the beauty of our Lord. Amen?
As, as we close today, I, I want to echo some more of what Lay was sharing. And you begin to bless those who bless you. Because really life, the greatness on the inside of you, it will be stirred and it will be challenged. It will be stretched by the relationships that are around you. See, there are people here who believe in you. If you're a life group leader, you know what I'm talking about. I want to encourage you today, begin to bless those who bless you. Begin to look around. And I'm, just, I'm not just talking about people who are in here right now. But as one community, as one family, begin to see, you know, if you are here and you feed in this church and you're blessed by the workers, by the people who minister here, you know, the pastors, the preachers, those who give exhortation during communion, we all come together and really, it's all to point people to Jesus alone. People who are right there at the back of the tech booth, every usher, every single person. As you are blessed, just begin to ask God, who can I bless today? Because really, as you feed that which feeds you, there'll be room for more so that God can add more to you. And so to, today as we close, we really just want to minister God's love to you. Great are His plans for you. Great are His thoughts towards you. Great is His pursuit of you. You know, the Bible says in Psalms 139 verse 1 to 2, I know I didn't give this to you at the back, but you know, if we can flash, it says, Where can I go from your presence? How? Can I escape your spirit? And this is David saying this towards the end of his life. He's a man who lived. He's a man who has lived life. If I were to ask you, what are the highlights of David's life? You'd tell me he was a king. He was a shepherd boy. He did well. But he also did bad. He was also an adulterer. He was also a murderer. And even because of that, we can also call him a thief. There was a time where David lived well. He lived not so well. He was high. He was low. And then at the end of his life, he begins to pen down the Psalms 139. He begins to write down this song. He begins to look back at his life because he's lived long. And he begins to say, Where, Lord, can I escape from your presence? How can I escape your spirit? If I go to heaven, Lord, you are there. If I experience hell, even Lord, there you are. He's saying he has taken a good look at his life. He now looks back and he says, Wow, Lord, you mean when I was bad, you were still there. When I was good, you were still there. When I felt like I lived in darkness, Wow, Lord, you're the one who got me through. When I was doing so well as a king, it was because of you. When I was experiencing defeat, wow, Lord, I didn't remain there. You brought me out of there. It was you. He has now had, he has now had this time to just look back and reflect. And because he now sees back, hindsight is perfect vision. Because he now looks back at his life, he now sees, wow, Lord, you never left me. You are with me. And because of that, today we call David the greatest king of Israel.
Not because He was perfect. Not because He was so great in and of Himself. But because His dad is God. Your Jesus, my Jesus, never left Him. That is the same God that pursues you today. That is the same God that will not stop until He sees greatness on the inside manifest on the outside. That is the same God who pursues you with a passion, who pursues you with a love, who will never stop until you say, Oh Lord, I can't take it anymore. No more. No more. You've been so gracious. You've been so good. And even then, He just pours it on. That's just how much He loves you. And so if you are here in this place, and you're saying, you know what, Pastor Mo, I don't know that God that you're saying that way. We want to let you know that Jesus died for you on the cross. He died so that you can live heaven on earth and not just go to heaven. He died so that you can have life abundant in the midst of any tribulation, in the midst of any trial. He died so that His wholeness you can have. So that your brokenness, He took it upon Himself. So that every healing that belongs to you would be yours. That every sickness, He took it upon Himself. So that every sin that you and I would ever make, it would no longer be a hindrance between you and your Father in heaven. And so today, if you are here and you're saying, I want to receive that. I want to receive that relationship that you're talking about, Pastor Mon. If you are here, I'll just ask everybody just to close their eyes and every head bowed down. But if that is you and you're saying, I want to receive that gift. I want to receive that relationship that you're talking about. If that is you, can I ask you to raise your hands with nobody looking around? I see that hands. I see those hands. Thank you. More hands going up. Thank you. Thank you so much. If you've got your hands raised up, we'll just go through a prayer and we'll say this prayer together right there at your seats. Just say this prayer with all of your heart as you believe in it. Repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he died on the cross. He shed his blood just for me. I receive you now as my Lord and as my Savior. I believe that you rose from the dead and today you reign victorious. And so I receive you from this day on. I am yours and you are mine. I thank you that I am forgiven, that I am washed, I am cleansed, and I am made brand new all because of you. I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, follow us on social media or visit our website at newlifebefore.com. 